my name is Emily Hines and I attend Houston City Council meetings and I take notes, which I am sharing with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting that took place on November 30th, 2022. First up, the mayor's report. The big topic today was the boil water notice sent out Sunday evening due to a power failure at the East Water Purification Plant. The power failure caused water pressure to briefly fall below the 20 pounds per square inch or PSI level needed to meet safety standards. There was an overload on a transformer and the backup generator, so power at the plant went out around 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning and was restored about two hours later. There were 21 sensor readings during the incident, five never dropped below the mandatory 20 PSI, 14 dropped below 20 PSI for two minutes, two dropped below 20 PSI for 30 minutes. Of the 29 samples the city pulled for testing, there were no signs of bacteria or other contaminants. So if you missed the boil water notice, just be assured you weren't drinking dirty water. Mayor Turner implied Houston should not have been under a boil water notice at all, but said, quote, when you are instructed by TCEQ to do a boil water notice, you gotta do it, end quote. Turner emphasized the need to examine the process that leads to a boil water notice and discussed how incredibly disruptive it is. All those impacted by school closings will know what I'm talking about. The city is working to improve the emergency alert systems because many people didn't receive any texts or emails letting them know about the boil water notice. And multiple reviews are underway. Councilmember Tiffany Thomas of District F asked that news like this be sent to council members directly so they can help disseminate it. She found out about it on Twitter, like many of us. She's grateful that city departments are using social media, but said council members can help get the news to seniors and disabled people that may not engage with social media. Councilmember Robert Gallegos of District I suggested adding neighboring cities who buy water from Houston to the list of people to contact ASAP in future situations. Moving on to some agenda items. Items 9 through 12 approved emergency purchase orders for water valve repairs. Each contract has its own allowance and they range from $2.8 million to $5.9 million, which is so much money. Councilmember Abby Kamen of District C explained this is directly related to drought, conditioned, uh, drought conditions and asked how the city is improving underground infrastructure given that climate change will make drought more frequent and last longer in the future. Mayor Turner didn't have a great answer, but agreed, quote, that climate change is real, end quote, and that the city's infrastructure is aging. He unspecifically said that the city is working on upgrading. Cayman expressed more concern about escalating costs, especially given the revenue cap. Councilmember at large David Robinson pointed to state funding the governor has earmarked for infrastructure. Councilmember Martha Castix Tatum of District K said that, according to a report this morning from Public Works, there are 632 active leaks right now. Item 15 approved $1.2 million for emergency repairs to the cryogenic oxygen plant at one of the wastewater treatment plants. Did y'all know we have a cryogenic oxygen plant? Because I did not. Item 17 would have, would have approved an update to the sound ordinance relating to music events held on private property with more than 500 people in attendance, but Councilmember at Large Mike Knox tagged it. He is concerned about unequal application of policy and specifically pointed to similar events like car shows, which cause similar disruptions and draw on city resources but are not included in this ordinance update. 
with a classic, if you would have come to the meetings, you would know this comeback. Councilmember Kamen pointed out this item came to the Public Safety Committee on October 13th, which is a committee that Knox is vice chair of. She said this ordinance update is one bite out of a big apple, and there is much more to come. Mayor Turner said this ordinance update is narrow on purpose because they're dealing with private property. Knox maintained his tag and said he would be visiting with legal so he can get comfortable with it. Item 22 approved an additional $248,000 on top of already approved $4.1 million for rehab to the Kendall Neighborhood Library and Community Center in District G. This is a Hurricane Harvey related repair and the city intends to seek reimbursement from FEMA. Item 24 approved an additional $1.26 million on top of already approved $4.6 million for the new Montrose Library. Costs are escalating due to the supply chain. Item 27 approved a contract increase from $15 million to $29 million for on-site water treatment and sludge dewatering services. It's quite a bit of money, but I don't care about that because it sounds important and necessary. I'm only including it here because sludge dewatering is quite evocative. I'm not going to look it up either. I would rather imagine what it means, and I hope that you do too. I'm going to say it one more time. Sludge dewatering. Item 35 approved an interlocal agreement with Harris County for the design and construction of three stormwater detention basins in districts D, J, and K. You might remember Councilmember Carolyn Evans-Shabazz of District D being very anti-bike lane during the discussion for item 54 last week, which is an interlocal agreement with Harris County for road updates, including bike lanes. This week, she referred it back to the administration, which was approved. I assume this means that the city will negotiate further behind closed doors with the county, and we'll see it again soon. Finally, the Councilmember pop-off. Councilmember Tarsha Jackson of District B thanked the speakers who commented at the public comment session on Tuesday, and she plugged a District B holiday dinner on December 11th. Councilmember Kamen thanked all city employees who worked through the Thanksgiving holiday. Councilmember Carla Cisneros of District H went over some topics from the last Childhood and Youth Committee meeting and said when kids are polled about what makes them feel safe, they say it is their relationships with each other and the community. She said, quote, investing in kids is investing in public safety, end quote. Councilmember Castix Tatum plugged a special Economic Development Committee meeting on December 7th to go over a bunch of TERS stuff, and this is a good example of the kind of meeting I really wish I had time to attend. Councilmember Gallegos spoke on the Club Q shooting. He said the names of the victims and said, quote, it has to stop. Councilmember Thomas updated on some public safety initiatives in District F, new electric gates at all District F fire stations, more lighting, she said District F is lit, and some speed bumps. She advocated for funding for two panel reconstruction projects, which I think is uh, street repaving, and she said to the mayor, quote, I'm asking the man with the plan if you can shake some pockets for me, end quote. And that's it, that was the meeting. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters, and we have one new person to thank, Michelle. So thank you very, very much, Michelle. If you're listening to this and you want to help support us, the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes, and we really appreciate it. I also want to especially thank Houston in Action for their support and Tocolodal, who have been doing Spanish translation for the notes. Um, you can catch those on my Instagram, which is at embelize, and the new website, which is emilytakesnotes. Dot com. 
You can find resources for this episode that you are listening to, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes. This podcast has music from Joe Wozni. It was produced by Connor Clifton. And that's it for this week. My name is Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening.